Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. It's going to be a fantastic message today. We are in My City Mixtape, week five. I feel like we got a, a lot of really great messages for you guys today. Um, in the first service, our MCU students graduated. They graduated from college. Um, and so we thought it fitting today to uh, give them the mic and actually share what they've learned um, specifically with walking um, with God through trials. So we have four different communicators for you this morning. It's going to be fantastic. So get on the edge of your seat, pull out your notebooks, pull out your Bibles, and get ready for four amazing messages. But I have the opportunity to welcome up the first person, our social director, Carrie Coakley. Come on. Good morning, 11 a.m. service. I'm so excited to share the word of God with you all this morning. Um, So let's jump right into it. So I have a question for you. When was the last time that you prayed? I know praying is, it's a muscle, so if we don't do it all the time, it's hard. But if you don't pray, just start today. Now I have another question. Think of the last time where you were going through something really difficult. For some of you, it might not be that hard. You might be going through something really difficult right now, but some of you might be on a mountaintop. So I ask you, what was the first thing that you did in response? You see, the world's response to trials is much different than the way that we are called to respond as believers. The world goes to Facebook and Instagram. The world goes to their friends. The world isolates cuts everyone out, shuts down, or completely avoids, or they obsess about the problem and try to do everything to control it. But as believers, we are called to respond in this way. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart's and your minds in Christ Jesus. Without moving any further along, the title of my message is Back to the Basics. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word today. God, I pray that you would use my voice as a vessel for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians 4.6 is how we are called to respond to trials, but I've noticed that this isn't generally the path that we take. Some of the things that I listed earlier, there is a high chance that you probably do some of those things, and I can say that because I do some of those things sometimes. It's hard in my anxiety and my weariness to just turn to God right away, but that is what we are called to do. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. You see, the reality is that we forsake prayer when we're walking through trials, when it is the only way that we're going to make it out alive. When we're walking through the dark, prayer is our flashlight. So my main point today is that when we pray first, something changes in our hearts and in our minds. We gain a dependency on God that we didn't have before. When the winds and waves come, who or what are you running to first? Are you going to Facebook? Do you call your mom or your friends? Or do you try to numb it all out watching Netflix? Or do you drown it out with alcohol? Or are you turning to the only one who can do anything about it? God is the only one who can solve the issues of our lives. 
whether it's your finances, if you have an unforgiveness that you're harboring, if you have a problem with someone, God is the only one who can bring instant peace and lasting healing. Sometimes the reason we don't pray is because we haven't seen God answer our prayers, or maybe we just don't believe that he can or that he will. This is why it's so important to read your Bible and know what the Bible says about who God is, because I can tell you all day who God is, but until you know it in your heart, it's not going to matter. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God does not lie, and he says right here that he listens to us. He hears our prayers, and he is ready and willing to answer them. I've seen God do this in my own life. He's answered the smallest of prayers. He's answered my big prayers, and I'm not special. I'm not special. He cares about you guys just as much as he cares about every single other person and just as much as he cares about me, and he cares just as much about your small, trivial prayers as he does about your heart's cry. In the Psalms, David often portrays God as bending down to hear us. How good is God that he bends down from his high place in heaven to hear us and listen to us. He waits for us to turn to him. He already knows our thoughts, but he wants to hear them from our lips. And he leaves us with this promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He promises this peace, and it's a peace that the world cannot give to us. When our lives seem to be burning around us, we can still feel peace. And I believe that it's his way of saying, I'm holding you. He promises that he will guard our hearts and our minds, and when we pray, he hears us. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Prayer is getting back to the basics. It's the one thing the disciples asked Jesus how to do, so it's pretty important. With these promises from scripture, we can trust in God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us to turn to you in every circumstance, God, that when we feel broken or weary, God, that we would turn directly to you, God, that our dependency would be on you to solve every problem in our lives. God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I pray that you would bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, help me welcome to the stage the amazing, the wise, Cindy Stackhouse. Well, hello, my city church. So excited to be with you all this morning. Um, how many interns do we have in the house, past and present? All right, y'all are going to have to help me, help me help you, right? So uh, it was about a year ago that God began to um, stir in my heart to become an intern, and I, it was a wrestling match. I'm surprised I'm not limping, to be honest with y'all, because I was like, I am way too old for this. And most interns are like right out of high school, college age, you know, and I'm like, uh-uh, nope, not going to happen. And I wrestled for a very long time, but of course, as you know, I, I am an intern now, so obviously God won on this one. 
But I just kept on telling God over and over again, I am just way too old for this. And if you know me, you, you've probably heard me say it as well. So um, with that being said, the title of my sermon is, What Are You Telling Yourself? Yeah, it's already out there in your face, right? So we're going to dive into the book of Ruth, but we're not going to talk about Ruth. We're going to talk about Naomi, her mother-in-law. So I'm just going to give you just a quick recap. Uh, Naomi, her name meant pleasant. She was gracious. She lived in Bethlehem. She was married. She had two sons, but then a famine came, so she had to move from Bethlehem to Moab. Now, when she went to Moab, she, her, her sons got married, and then she lost her husband, and then she lost her two sons. So she was stuck with two daughter-in-laws. Now, Naomi was able to get rid of one, but not the other one. Her name was Ruth. <laughs> and um, Naomi and Ruth traveled back to Bethlehem. Can you all say Bethlehem? Thank you. We're all together. So <laughs> sometimes you have to go back to where you started when trials come your way. Do you remember your first love, that honeymoon that you had with Jesus that you could take on the world? But now when something upsets you, where's that honeymoon love? Just something to chew on, guys. So when they arrived in Bethlehem, the women in town said, can this be Naomi? And this is where our scripture is going to start. It's uh, Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. Now, if you know me, um, I actually came from the hood, and I think me and, and Naomi had some, some stuff in common because this is how she talked to them. Ruth, and I'm not kidding, you can look it up. Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Mm -mm. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and now the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? You see, Naomi's testimony in the midst of her trial was bitterness, empty. She felt that God had brought her to a point of misery, and she viewed herself as too old and forgotten. In our day, we call that depression. Mm, I know this is an ouch, ouch sermon. Sorry about that, guys, but I love you. So when you're going through a trial, what are you speaking to yourself? Are you sabotaging what God has planned and designed for you? So let's fast forward. A whole lot happened in between, but Ruth got married. She married Boaz, and then they gave birth to a son. You see, sometimes your trials can be for someone else, or it can even affect another generation. Ruth chapter 4 says that Naomi took the child, nursed him, and his name was Obed. He was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, and a direct correlation to the lineage of Jesus. Did you know that Micah 5.2 actually says that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? Hmm. Psalm 33.11 says that the counsel of the Lord stands forever, but the plans of his heart is to all generations. So when I started internship, one voice kept on saying, you are just too old for this. Mm -mm. I was actually speaking something over me when God was trying to design a new me. 
and most of all, right now, this day, I stand and say, I am not too old for this. No, no. You see, because this sermon, this sermon here, this sermon was for me. I'd like to say it was for you, but no, it, it, was, it was really for me. <laughs> because sometimes trials are God's way of healing us in places that we didn't even know was broken. If I stayed on the path of self-doubt, I would have actually been exactly where the enemy wanted me. I was so busy telling God who I was that I was actually stunting my own spiritual growth in this matter. So, trials aren't easy, but take notice and care what you speak over yourself. God's plan and his design is not always shown to you, but the end result, I know, is perfect in his will and in his time. Thank you so much, guys, for letting me show my heart with you. Thank you. I have the amazing privilege to introduce a man that I have known since he was yay high. And I know his family. I love his family. He's going to bless your socks off, Devin Lee. Let's go. Thank you, Cindy. I'm excited to share this word today. Uh, it's such an honor to serve at the best church with the best family under the best pastors. Um, but we're going to get into it. And I'm super excited, which is great, because I think uh, it'll help me get through content a lot faster. So uh, we're just going to dive right into it. But I'm going to continue along the lines of the way that God grows us through trials. And this is the topic I'm going to talk on, shrink back or step up. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. God, it is something special. You have a special calling on each and every individual. God, so I pray that you would put the courage in their heart to step up today. In your name we pray, amen. And we're gonna dive right into scripture, Hebrews 10, verse 36 through 39. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And what I see from this scripture is that in life, we have one of two choices every time uh, that we come up against something, a trial, a temptation, a tribulation, all the T's. Um, whenever we come up against something, we have the choice to battle or not. And this is my one and only point, is that we can either choose to shrink back or step up. And I like how it says that you need to persevere. Why do we need to persevere? Because I think regardless of whether we're uh, persevering after God's will or not, there is a perseverance going on in our life. And shrinking back doesn't mean stepping out of perseverance. It means that you choose to persevere after your own will and not God's. Shrinking back looks like praying for the opportunity but not being willing to face the adversity. The reality is that you know when you're shrinking back, when you start to miss groups, you start to hang out in your room more, your language loses life, relationships start to deteriorate, but ultimately we need to persevere because the purpose lies in God's will. And I don't fully know what that is, but I know the things that his word says, and I know that my whole life has just been a journey of trying to fit my life into God's will, and it's been tough, but I believe that the most important part of God's will is that we get to a place like Jesus where he says, not my will be done, but yours. And there's a guy in the Bible uh, who knew what it was like to persevere to do the will of God, and I believe that there's some things that we can take away from this guy today, uh, and his name is David. And he knew what it took in those moments of wanting to give up. Anybody been there before? Yeah, no, just me? Yeah. Um, but if there's one place to go when you're wanting to give up and facing whatever you're facing, it's God's word. 
And David understood the weight and importance of God's word. In Psalm 56, 4, it says, In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? In 119.11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And in 119.89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. You see, David knew the importance of hiding, hiding God's word in his heart through trials. He knew that um, because mostly he wasn't perfect. He said that I might not sin against you. David understood that it was about perseverance and not perfection. You see, and there's a story in the Bible where uh, David comes up against Goliath and he's getting ready for battle. And um, I want to point out a few things that David had known before going into battle. You see, David knew his father, his anointing, and his calling. He knew that he could just keep fighting with the same God, the same armor, and the same strategies, and nothing could go wrong because he's seen it before. And what I'm getting at is that you have what you need. You, you are anointed. You have the word of God. You're called. But some of you are looking at what you have in your hands right now, and you're neglecting it because it's not what you thought it would look like. Or maybe it's been the same for five years, and you're saying, God, I don't know why it's the same. But all you need to do is just keep coming back to God because it's in the renewal of our minds that things actually change. And in the testing, there's one or two outcomes that you pick from and move on, shrinking back or stepping up. And in the time of choosing whether to shrink back or step up, um, the enemy will try to get in and try to get you to lose your sense of belonging and identity. And um, I want to jump back to the first scripture that I read, Hebrews 10. And towards the end in 39, it says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And this is a little declaration, but this will not be a house that shrinks back and is destroyed, but full of people who have faith and are saved. So whatever you're going through today, know that there's a family surrounding you that loves you with their whole heart. And know that you're not doing it alone because you were never meant to. And as we continue to fight, to persevere, to do the will of God, as we are, because we're all here today, um, know that none of it was worth it if we don't grab a hold of God's word and put it deep in our hearts. And none of it was worth it if his name wasn't glorified through everything, because he works all things for the good of those who love him. And even if you've gone through a season of shrinking back, God is still faithful. How beautiful is that? He's still faithful. You're still called. You're still anointed. And I believe that God is working in your heart to strengthen you and grow you to a new level to step up. And we will always be uncertain of what's to come, but we can always be certain of the things that he's to bring because he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to bring you a hope and a future. And with that, I have the honor of welcoming up uh, my new sister-in-law and my executive director of MCU, Kelsey Kalinsky. Oh my God! <laughs> I just said Kalinsky and I just called her my sister-in-law, Kelsey Lee. All right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's happened twice. That's why I'm laughing. My name is Kelsey Lee. <laughs> uh, today we've been, uh, had the honor to hear from some three amazing, amazing people who I've gotten to really see grow and say yes to very difficult things. And, and that's, what, that's what allowed them to really be on this stage today. So can we give it up one more time for Carrie, Cindy, and Devin. They crushed it. So obviously we're talking about God in our trials today. 
And um, I want to share out of of Zechariah chapter 4. Now, I'm a teacher. I I can't escape it. So I'm going to teach to you a little bit. Is that okay? Okay, perfect. So for the the Israelites living in Jerusalem, there was a time where there was a, a, a world power called the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonian Empire came into Jerusalem and invaded the entire city and took everybody captive and destroyed every building, even um, God's holy temple, which David and Solomon took hundreds of years to build. That was a very big defeat for the Israelites. On top of that, so I'm going to be talking about a man named Zerubbabel. Everybody say Zerubbabel. That's just a fun name. And he is a Babylonian Jew, so he's living in the land of Babylon as a captive, but still following his faith as a Jew. And he is, there was a time finally where the Babylonians released all the Jews to go back to their homeland. And so him and a large group of Jews decided to head back to Jerusalem. And Zerubbabel was put in charge of all of them. And the one thing he had to go back and do for sure was rebuild God's temple. Another man you're going to hear is a man named Zechariah. And Zechariah was the prophet at the time. And in the Old Testament, God used a prophet to speak to his people. So God would speak to the prophet, and the prophet would speak to the people. So I'm going to share out of Zechariah 4, 6 through 10. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. So God, would you speak to me today? Would you speak through me to these people? Would your word um, speak thousands of messages and encourage them in their, in their state? They'd walk away, walk away refreshed by the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to encourage you with this truth today. You've got the upper hand. You've got the upper hand in your trial. And as we've heard three times and now the fourth that we are very aware of in this world that trials are inevitable. If you're not going through it right now, you're going to go through it pretty soon, unfortunately. And we can get in this trap to think like, oh, well, you just, they just don't really know. They don't, they don't get it. They don't see what I'm going through. And you know, we might not, but I can tell you that this book right here does see it. That the people in this book, the characters, the, the real life people, not even characters really, the ones that we've talked about today, did go through trials that are very similar to the things that you've been facing, if not sometimes worse. So if they can be encouraged by the word of God today, you can be encouraged by the word of God today in your trial. And Zerubbabel is encouraged by three things through Zechariah. And the first one is not by force, not by strength but by my spirit. Are you trying to manhandle your trial? Are you trying to do it on your own? Do you really actually want to be doing it on your own? The answer should be no. (laughs) Galatians chapter three says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. 
You received the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? If God's salvation was birthed in the Spirit in you, then your trial can be overcome in you by the Spirit. We can trust him with our salvation. We can trust him with our trial. And you know how the Holy Spirit actually does this? It's, it's probably the hardest part of trials is in, in the middle of your trial, the fear rises up, right? The anxiety, the anger, the sin, the temptation gets revealed to you in the middle of your trial. And that's usually the thing that will knock you out. But really, it's the Holy Spirit looking at you and going, hey, that's still in there. Hey, that fear is still in there. That temptation is still in there. And for me to get you to the next step in your calling, i got to get it out. So really, I'm working with you to get this out of you. We give the devil too much credit. He's tempting me. Oh, my gosh, I'm so filled with fear. He's getting to me. Okay, because the Holy Spirit's actually working in you to get that out. So who cares what the devil's trying to do? Let's take what he's doing in you and ask the Holy Spirit, okay, how can I get this out of me so I can be more like you? The other thing that Zerubbabel is encouraged with is number two, he will complete it. It's not your trial. It might feel like your trial, but it's God's. And he is way better at it than you are. He just needs your willing participation. Proverbs 24, 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Even if you fall, even if it's hard, God's going to complete it. The last thing that Zerubbabel is encouraged with is do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Psalm 9:18. but the needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Psalm 35, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. 1 Peter 5:10. so after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Trials are never promised to be short, but they're promised to be overcome. And I, I really love that God tells us this because I think we really need it. Because when you're staring at it and it's so encompassing and, and you're seeing no progress, God says, hey, they made it to church this week. They, they're still going. They prayed to me today. They opened up to their friend. That means I can keep moving. That means my victory can still come. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because they're getting you to the outcome that God wants to bring you to. Will you stand with me today as we close? My city church, you've got the upper hand. The Holy Spirit is with you. There is somebody else going to complete the work through you. And even in the days of small beginnings, even when it seems impossible, it does not mean that this is over. 
It means the victory is still possible, step by step, day by day. That's how God works. And we have the upper hand to keep going, to keep our heads up in the trial. God, I thank you for every single person in this room and you know every single trial represented here. You know where everybody's at, where they are, what their thoughts are when they go to bed at night, the thing they're facing, God. But we also proclaim the word of God over them. The truth that Zerubbabel was encouraged with, God, I prophesy that and speak to every single trial in this room that God will complete it for them, that they do not need to despise the days of small beginnings, that they will not be disrupted and discouraged by the things that they don't see, but instead they'd be encouraged by the Holy Spirit, that they would work on the things that the Holy Spirit prompts up, that they would be able to move through the trial and have victory on the other side. We proclaim a church that's got the upper hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.